praise the Lord. This is Bishop Lambert W. Gates Sr. Thank you so much for downloading this podcast. I hope you enjoy the message and that it both inspires and challenges you to advance the kingdom of God. We thank you tonight again for your goodness and for your mercy and for your kindness. We thank you, Lord, for this assembling of your people. We want you to know, Lord, we don't take it for granted. It's of your mercies, Lord, that we're not consumed. Your compassions, they fail not. They're new every morning. And so, Lord, we thank you for being a faithful God. A God who is so faithful, Lord, that you're faithful even in our unfaithfulness. And so we bless you today. We thank you for life. We thank you for health. We thank you for strength. We thank you for the rightness of our minds. We thank you for the activity of our limbs. And we thank you, Lord, even for this privilege now to stand in your presence. We pray, Lord, that you're pleased with everything that has transpired. And Lord, we, right now we ask that your presence would remain, that you'd send that anointing that makes preaching easy, break every yoke, break every fetter, quicken our ears that we might hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. Send us away better than when we came. Save those who need your salvation. And above all, get the glory. And Lord, while we're standing, just send that healing virtue around this sanctuary. Lord, you healed that woman that had that issue of blood. You can heal us tonight. And we thank you in that wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Let's clap our hands like we love the Lord tonight. Amen. Come on, come on, come on. Amen. The Lord bless you. You certainly may be seated in his presence on this evening, and we're grateful to the Lord again who has allowed us uh, to be here in the house of the Lord. And I don't know about you tonight, but I feel like the psalmist. I was glad when they said unto me, Amen. Come, let us go unto the house of the Lord. And God's, God's house is a blessed place. Used to um, preach for a man of God. He's gone on to be with the Lord now in ministry. And he used to always uh, have his congregation uh, recite some words every Sunday morning. And he'd have them turn and tell their neighbor that they'd rather be in the house of God than in the best hospital in the whole wide world. Amen. So I don't know about you. I'm glad I'm not in the hospital, but I'm in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We bless him. We bless him and we thank him for that tonight. We certainly uh, feel very humbled and honored uh, to be tonight. And I certainly say it unabashedly. You always should be humbled when you're uh, in the presence of greatness. And God certainly tonight has blessed Wisconsin first, amen, with one of his finest leaders, amen. We certainly honor and salute Bishop Sedgwick Daniels. Come on, let's love on this great, great man of God, prolific preacher, teacher, leader extraordinaire. We thank God, amen. Thank God for him uh, today and certainly to his cabinet uh, and all who make up the leadership of this jurisdiction to our supervisor today and certainly uh, to Sister uh, Daniels Carter today and to all of the wonderful saints of God, these men of God, these pastors, we greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now I have an assignment and I'm not going to be here long. You, your bishop informed me uh, when we ate today that we don't have to be up here long. And uh, I heard him loud and clear. He, he said it with a smile on his face, but I felt, I felt the unction behind the smile. And so, uh, try to work expeditiously. I ask that you pray that God will give me economy of speech. And I'm gonna try to do what we were taught when we were young preachers. I don't know if I ever shared it with you before. It's called the three V principles of gospel preaching. And uh, three B's. Number one, be ready. Number two, be brief. Number three, be seated. 
Amen. And uh, then, of course, I don't want, want you to, if I take too long anyway, you might pray a prayer uh, on me. I had a friend uh, uh, known many, many years. This is really a true story. Tell your neighbor, this is a true story. This is a, tell your neighbor, it's a true story. They, so they not making this up. Uh, but uh, in one of our churches in the Chicago area, I won't identify the church to spare the guilty, but there was a preacher who was up preaching one night, and, uh, and uh, he was having a little trouble getting out the gate. I hope that's not my trouble tonight. But he was trying to pull up and get out, and, uh, you know, he couldn't quite find, you know, that little key in that engine, and he kept fumbling around, and after a while, he, <coughs> he started choking. <coughs> and he said, pray for me, saints. He said, the devil's trying to choke me. And a sister in the back of the room, before she realized what she said, she opened her mouth wide and said, well, let the devil have his way. So, <laughs> so I pray you won't pray that prayer <laughs> on me tonight. I'm going to, let me work with this time. Psalms 55 and verse number 16. Will you pray for me? Amen. I need your prayers. Psalms 55 and verse 16. And I just want uh, you to note the first uh, phrase of this verse, as for me. And may the Lord add a blessing to you, for you are the hearers and by faith the doers on today. You may be seated in the presence. Y'all told me to be brief. <laughs> I just want you to notice those first uh, three words. Let's just um, read them again of this 16th verse of this 55th entry into the Psalter. In the King James text, would you read those words with me, those three words? As for who? As for me. And I'd like us this time, let's, let's just read it one more time. And this time, let's all of us enunciate those words together, if you don't mind. What do they say? As for me. I've always found myself enamored with the Psalter. More specifically, I'm enamored with the man uh, uh, with whom these words surround. Man we know quite well, his name was David. And he was uh, God's anointed king and prophet. And oftentimes uh, we reference him as that sweet singer of Israel. We know that David was some, someone who was very noteworthy in the purpose and in the plan of God. And I think oftentimes that most of us identify with David because David uh, was a man like most of us. He was human. He was not uh, some immortal. He was not some spiritual uh, corpus that popped out of heaven here in the earth. But he was a man uh, much like all of us human frailties and human faults came up through the rugged trail of life. And he was a man who obviously his destiny lied in the hands of God. When I think about David, I often think of him as, as a, an underdog. You know the Bible story. He wasn't one who was really expected to succeed when Note uh, his arising uh, through the writings of the prophet Samuel. It seems that he was almost an afterthought. Second uh, king of Israel, not the first king. The first king, of course, uh, came about because of uh, Israel's meandering and really their dissatisfaction with God. We know that Bible story when, when Israel became dissatisfied with the pathway that God had outlined for them. God, because of his unique relationship with them and his calling upon them to be a unique people, he had determined uh, that uh, in his perfect plan, they would have no earthly king. Uh, 
but he himself would be their king. But Israel, like many folk today, we're never quite satisfied with God's plan for our life. We always have a sense where we feel like we need to embellish. We want to improve upon what God has done. Not understanding God gave the blueprint for his working in his creative acts when it said that everything that God made was good and very good. You can't better what God has already done. We're far better off when we are satisfied, satisfied with our place, satisfied with our assignment, satisfied with our designation. And if there ever was a time when, when we live um, uh, among dissatisfied people, this is the hour. This is the time. It's a world full of discontentment. But tragically, that discontentment that's in the world, that spirit that's spread into the church. The economy, I was speaking in a class last night, the ethos, the economy of the world too often becomes the ethos of the church. And it really ought to be the other way around because Jesus said, ye are the salt of the earth. We should be the influences, influences, not the world. We should have impact on the outside, and the world should not have impact on the inside. It should be the saints of God who teach the world how life ought to be. But in this hour and in this time, uh, uh, there's a, a, a spirit sometimes like Israel, and I don't mean any harm, but a, a, a spirit of spiritual whoredom where we're not satisfied with God. We're not satisfied with his ways. And let me tell you something. When God is not enough for you, that's a dangerous place to be. Can I get a witness in here tonight? I'd rather have Jesus. That's what the writer said. I'd rather have him more than anything this world can afford today. But Israel was dissatisfied. They looked at everybody else. And they wanted to be like everybody else. I don't want to be that, that speckled hen in the chicken coop. I just want to meld in. I want to be a, a chameleon saint where I sort of blend in with the colors that surround us. It's bad when you don't want to be identified as a child of God. That was their issue. We want to be like everybody else. So they went to God. You know that story. I don't want to get lost in that story, but I just want to set the stage. They went to God, and, and uh, 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 actually they buffeted the prophet of God, Samuel, and they said, give us a king. We want, a, we want a king. And Samuel went through his own melodrama. You remember that? He had a personal fit, amen, because uh, he was like many of us pastors and many of us leaders. When the people cut up, we take it personal. Amen. But God had to wait on him that, number one, these are not your people. They're my people. And he said, they have not rejected you. They have rejected me. Be careful how you treat leadership. Because sometimes you think you're dismissing a man, but you're actually dismissing God. And so the Bible lets us know that uh, uh, he gave him a king. He said, now, when you get this king... He's gonna, he's gonna, he, it's not going to be like you think it should be. It's going to be rough sailing, rough going. It's going to put impossible burdens upon your back. Long story, they got Saul. And Saul looked apart. He was a Benjamite, came from the tribe of Benjamin, that elevated tribe, that lofty tribe. And, and Saul was tall and suave and debonair by modern standards. But, but, but Saul had one problem. He loved Saul more than he loved God. And so you know what that resulted in? It resulted in the rejection of God. Now, he would have been all right had he honored God first. But because he got caught up in himself, God rejected him from being king over Israel. And it's a terrible thing to be rejected by God. Going to get a witness somewhere. Sometimes we worry more about being rejected by other folk. But I'd rather be rejected by everybody else in the world and be God's elect. The Bible lets us know that uh, 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 God went out 
to look for another person. Saul was still on the throne. Saul was still in the physical seat. Amen. God had left him, but he was still in the chair. But God had left him. Never mistake position for the presence of God. Never get caught up in your seat and in your chair. Sometime, sometime in the church. Can I say this tonight? In the church, sometimes we're too proud. We're too arrogant. <laughs> we think too much of ourselves. Can I get a witness in here? Sometimes we come to church <laughs> with, 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 a, with, with a peacock spirit. Walk around the church like we own the church. Sit in our seat and in our pew as if we own that seat in that pew. But I remind all of us that whatever we are, we are a product of the handiwork of God. That's why the songwriter wrote a song and said, what I am, Jesus made me what I am. Quit acting like you made yourself. You didn't cause yourself to arrive. You didn't cause yourself to be whatever it is that you are. The psalmist reminded us on this wise and said, Know ye not that it is the Lord that hath made us, and not we ourselves. Somebody ought to praise God for what he's done in their life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just tell your neighbor, he made me what I am. No, no. So, so, so he was caught up. He was caught up. He was caught up. He was, uh, Saul was out of focus and God said, I'm going to find somebody else. And so he sent Samuel out on a search and Samuel even had issues himself because he was, he had the wrong perspective, the wrong outlook. We don't have time to go through all of that story. Went down, you know, to Jesse's house. Y'all remember Jesse and, and, uh, called, he, he called for Jesse's sons and he just knew that he was going to anoint one of the older boys to be king over Israel and and uh, whenever uh, Jesse brought one of his boys before the man of God he had to always shake him down because it turned out he was not the right one and and uh, uh, Samuel kept on inquiring kept on digging he said I know God I know God sent me here I know he told me the house of Jesse he said surely you have somebody else another son amen but Jesse said uh, you know I got a boy material. Amen. He's a young little lad, little ruddy fella. Ruddy means he's red. He's youthful. Amen. He doesn't have the, the gait and, the, and the, the, the accoutrements of a king. He doesn't look like a king. He doesn't talk like a king. And Samuel said, bring him to me. And, and when he brought him before the man of God, something quickened in his spirit. He said, this is the one that God wants. And so he learned another abject lesson about God. He said, man looks on the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. See, God's not impressed with our persona. God is impressed with our desire for him. Psalmist said, as the heart panteth after the water brook. Lord says, I want to use somebody that's hungry for me. Hungry for my presence, not hungry for power. Not hungry for authority. Not hungry for ownership. He said, he said I want somebody who, who just wants me for me. I just want to serve the Lord. How many just want the Lord tonight? I, I need you real quick to tell, to tell somebody, I, 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 I just want Jesus. I just, I just that, that neighbor didn't believe you. Tell somebody else and, and, and sound like you want him. Tell, tell him, I, I just want Jesus. That, Amen. It doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. I, I just want Jesus. I, I want to be in his hand. I want to be under his control. I want to be under his power. I want to be under his influence. I'm, I, 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 I've tried my way and my way doesn't work. I just want to, I just want to surrender to him. All to Jesus. I surrender all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him. In his presence daily live. I surrender all. Oh, I wish somebody would just lift hands of surrender and say, don't tell me that. Tell God. Say, I surrender. I'm yours, Lord. Everything I am, everything I'm not, I'm yours, Lord. 
Use me like you want to use me. You want me to stand, I'll stand. If you want me to bow, I'll bow. You want me to run, I'll run. You want me to walk, I'll walk. You want me to crawl, I'll crawl. Just use me for your glory. Hallelujah. The Bible, the Bible, the Bible. The Bible lets us know that, that David was, was the man and, and, and God took him and, and had Samuel anoint him. He poured, poured the oil of the anointing upon his head and blessed him. And, and what I love about David, that's why, you know, God could use him. You know, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. That's, that's how I want to be. Amen. He was a man after God's own heart. He, he just had something that pleased God, even in his raggediness. Even in, don't need don't us acting like we're perfect, even in our raggediness. Lord, let, the, let there be something in me that pleases you. Let there be some cause for your attention. Let there be something in me. David, David, David was a man after God's own heart. And, 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 and God didn't put him in position. Amen. He didn't put him in position. He was anointed, but not in position. Called, but not in position chosen but not in position you know you got to learn how to flow in that nexus with God amen you know you know you when you feel something but it hasn't happened yet you got to know how to flow in that place with God sometimes we abort the plan of God through our impatience we want it so bad that 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 we don't believe that the God who called us can make it happen and so we take matters into our own hand. Can I get a witness in here? How many know every time you get in it, you put God out of it? Every time you go to Metlin, amen, you throw off the purpose and the plan of God. It, for, I, the Lord told me to tell somebody it would have happened long ago if you had took your hands off it. I'd have worked it out a long time ago. If you didn't try to help me. He said, I don't need your help. Amen. I know how to work it out. I know how to bring it to pass. And David, David went back to the field. He was called to be king, but, but if I'm called to be king, God knows how to make me king. I don't have to make myself when God has called me to a place. I don't have to be a manipulator. I don't have to be a backstabber and a backbiter. I don't have to be a liar. I wish I could preach tonight. Too much politics in the church. You don't have to pass out tickets. You don't have to smooze and booze. God knows how to get you where he wants you to be. And when God's hand is upon you, can't nobody stop you. When God said, I've called you, how many know? If he called you, he called you. If he chose you, he chose you. And all you got to do is humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And in due time, God will raise you up. Oh, I wish somebody would tell a neighbor, get ready for your due time. I thought somebody was going to catch that and get happy about it. Get ready for the due time. The old folk used to sing a song, put your time in, payday. It is coming after a while. It's got to be faithful. got to be faithful. You'll be faithful with a few things. Say, I'll make you ruler over what? Many things. We got to remember the day of small things. Learn how to work with small things. And what God was doing with David, he, he was training David. Training him how to be isolated. Training him how to be ignored. Training him how to be overlooked. Training him how to be discounted. Training him how to be underestimated. Can I get a witness in here? You can't be no leader without training. You can't be no leader, amen, without getting your ego bruised. I wish I could talk here tonight. You can't be no leader, amen, without having some hurt feelings sometime. You can't be no leader without every now and then being misused. That's part of your training. That's, that's part of the process of of God making you who and what he wants you to be. And David had to be made, made out of sight, made not being noticed. Can I get a witness in here? 
working for credit. Nobody calling his name. Some of us can't work if our name is not called. We don't live for God, we live for recognition. Want my name called. Want my name in the program. You, you can't enjoy the service if they left your name out the program. Everybody's name is in there but my name. What difference does it make if your name is in the program but not in the Lamb's book of life? <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody, look, look at your neighbor and just ask them a question. Ask them, is your name signed there? Is your one in the right place? That's, that's where your name needs to be. You need to be signed up there and so David, 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 we, we catch David. He, 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 he got his training, and we know what happened. It was just a, a matter of time, and God worked it out. Can I have about eight minutes? God, God worked it out, pulled it together. And, and uh, when the time was right, he set things up so he could go down to the battlefield. And you know that story. Goliath was there breathing out threats against the, the armies of Israel, blaspheming the name of God, and nobody would go down and fight that giant uh, and, 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 and David uh, because he knew God and because uh, God had given him uh, that heart and that passion and that desire when nobody else would fight the giant. David got indignant and said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the army of the living God? He said, if nobody will fight him, I'll go down and fight him. And you know what he did. He had to get permission from the king to go fight in the, in, the, in the battlefield. And he went and talked to Saul. And Saul looked at him, and he was still ruddy. He was still young. He was not a, a man of war. His hands were smooth. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. He didn't know nothing about fighting on the battlefield. And then and, and Saul said, I can't send you down there. But, and, but David said, wait a minute, Saul. Let me give you my testimony. Because you don't know like I know what the Lord has done in my life. He said, let me, let, me, let me give you my resume. I may not have history on the battlefield, but I got history with God. I, I got history, amen, that matters. I got history that counts. And, and so he read to him his retinue and told him, he said, you know, one day I was out in the field and uh, my little lambs, he said, but you know what I did? I grabbed that bear and I smote him in the name of the Lord. He said, then a lion came king of the jungle he said but I did for the lion what I did for the bear I grabbed him by his beard and I smote him in the name of the Lord and he said I want you to know the same God that gave me the bear and he'll give me the giant I wish I was in the right church you got to learn how to lean on your testimony I wish there was somebody that could tell a neighbor I got experience with God Tell them, that's why I'm not leaving the church. I got experience with God. That's why I'm not walking away. I got experience with God. When I look back and see what the Lord has done for me, look where he brought me from. Look what he brought me out of. David, 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 David got ready to go down. Saul tried to dress him up. You remember that? Tried to give him his stuff. He said, I'm going to give you my armor you may be seated he said i'm gonna give you amen my 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 stuff and dress you up i'm gonna put my helmet on you and amen put my coat of uh, of armor on you and i'm gonna shod your feet and send you down to the battle and david tried it on he said but i can't use this stuff gave it back to the king david understood a, 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 a principle and primary lesson and that was that the weapons of our warfare they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And so David said, I, I can't use that. He said, I'm going to use what I've been using all the time. And you know the story. You went down on the battlefield and a little slingshot and a few little smooth stones. And the giant was there. Amen. I guess he was 9 to 12 feet tall. Had a spear like a weaver's beam. And shield was so big, somebody had to hold his shield. And David went down to confront him. And the giant was frolicsome and laughed at David. But David said, you come to me with a sword. 
a spear and a shield, but I got a secret weapon. I come in the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run therein and they are saved. How many glad you got a name that you can work with? At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. I wish somebody would look at a neighbor and say, I don't know what's coming up against you. But it's got to bow at the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of, of God the Father. And so he brought that John down. Cut his head off with his sword. I'm getting ready to close. Dave, things ought to be better now. David is getting entrenched and life is moving on. It's just a matter of time for the transition takes place. He was trained to be king and God makes him king. And now uh, great victories have been achieved under him. I'm getting ready to close now. He's, he's, in, he's in another place. He's on another plane. He's on another level. God has established David, the kingdom Amen. It's coming together. Unity now. Amen. It's coming together. Judah has now become bound together with, with the other nations of, of the kingdom. And David uh, begins to abound and thrive in his office. And you know, sometimes it's after you get your victory that you got to be careful about the attack of the devil. How many know I'm telling the truth? Sometimes it's when you come through your greatest fight. You sit down in placidity. That's the time that, that Satan catches you unalert. Catches you in a relaxed position. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Be careful on those days when you relax. Be careful on those days when, when you get comfortable in the place that God has put you. Amen. It's not enough to do it to get there. You got to stay humble after you get there. Can I get, can I get a witness in here? I to tell your neighbor real quick, the best way to keep what you have is to keep glorifying the God that gave you what you have. Sometimes we forget to give God the glory. Get comfortable in our houses. Get comfortable in our designer clothes, our fine suits and nice dresses and designer shoes. We get comfortable, amen, in our position and in our place and, and we forget that it was God that got me here and, and, and we forget that it took praise. If I had to praise him to get here, I need to praise him to stay here. I never should get so comfortable that I can't open my mouth and say thank you. So, big in front of your name that you can't throw your hands up and cry out hallelujah I know where my blessings come from praise God from whom all blessings flow I, I need somebody like me to tell three people very rapidly I owe him for everything I, oh, oh oh tell him I, I owe him I owe him him for everything for everything go back at him and ask him what do you owe him for what do you owe him for tell him everything is everything I owe him for my eyesight I owe him for my hearing I owe him for the breath I breathe I owe him for the blood that pumps through my veins. I owe him everything in him I live in him I move in him I have my very being if I die I praise him for my son. I praise God. Give him glory tonight. You may be seated and he got comfortable. He, he got comfortable. He got comfortable. He got comfortable. And, and you know the story. It, it leads us to the challenge of this text. He got comfortable. He he got comfortable. He quit fighting like he used to fight. Got comfortable. He, he should have never put up his sword. He got comfortable. Israel got at war. And you know uh, the Bible story. And, and uh, yeah, things got out of whack in his life because he got comfortable. And the story reads about, you know, him home one day. Y'all remember that? And, and uh, he stepped up on 
uh, the top of his house in Jerusalem and when he should have been looking on the battlefield he was looking over in another man's field when he should have been on the battlefield hello somebody looking across the way and, and saw a young damsel in Israel amen her name was Bathsheba y'all remember that amen taking her evening bath of purification and David saw her and became intoxicated with the spirit of lust because he had dropped his guard and and uh, the rest is history he sent for her had her brought into the palace and was going to sneak her in and sneak her out and nobody was going to know about anything he went right on with life but then here comes that note i'm pregnant and oh my now now he got a situation <laughs> hallelujah got a situation on his hands that Lord what am I going to do about this and and so he goes into the cover-up mode and calls a husband y'all remember you ride a Hittite calls him home and let me get him home right quick and and let him go see his wife but Uriah was more righteous than he was and he came home but he wouldn't even go in the house to his wife sat at the door all night long and and David got up the next morning and Saw that plan wasn't working, got mad with him. How dare you? And so he set him up on the battlefield and had them withdraw when he got in the heat of the battle and, and had him killed. You know, you know, you don't have to hold the dagger to be the killer, you know. Some of y'all, I, 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 I hope I'm not, I hope I'm in the right church tonight. You got some killers, they never hold the dagger, but but they maneuver things around so they can bump off who they want to get bumped off. And, 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 and David was guilty of murder, and he was like some of us, everybody's wrong but us. And wife again married the man's wife, thought everything was well. And you know what happened? Uh, God sent the prophet Nathan down to get him together, gave him that little parable, and, and, and told him about, you know, that man that st stole that little ewe lamb. Y'all remember that story? And, 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 and David, David got all enraged. Who is he? Hey, man, I'll, I'll kill him tonight. You find him. And then Nathan broke his heart, said, thou art the man, thou art the man. But, but, but at least David had enough sense to repent. Some folk, some folk get found wrong, but never know how to repent. But David wrote that psalm and, and he asked God for his forgiveness and wrote it so beautifully and said, against the only have I sinned. And then told God, created me a clean heart. Oh, how many of y'all could use a cleaning tonight? Created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. And I'm so glad that if you pray right, God will answer right. If you repent right, how many know God will blot out your sin? And so, David, I, I wish there was somebody besides me that was glad that the Lord cleanseth us from all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus. He wrote that psalm down a little further. He gives God a praise and says, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. What are you saying, David? I was guilty, but he dropped the charges. I should be dead, but he dropped the charges. Uh, somebody would tell your neighbor, I'm glad he dropped the charges. Uh, I, I, I tell him I shouldn't be here tonight, but he dropped the charges. I shouldn't be a leader in the church, but he dropped the charge. He looked beyond my fault and saw my need. I, he was happy. He, oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah, there, here he was. Here he was, here he was. But he still didn't fully learn. I don't have time to tell you all of David's machinations. The, the, the intrigue of, of, of that endeavor with Bathsheba might have been the worst mark. But then he had other periods when he got proud. Y'all remember that time? Amen. When he numbered Israel. Amen. I'm getting caught up again in himself. I'm going to I'm gonna count. I'm going to count because now I can do it and I don't need God. And he got in trouble with God again. And, and I believe that it was David's failings that brought about this situation in his life, that brought about the circumstance of this psalm. It was his failing. It was his lack. It was his coming up short. It was his, his lack of being focused that, that, that brought about a situation in his home. You know, you can serve God but lose your home. You can serve God 
but lose your family. You can serve God, amen, and, but throw your children out of whack. And I believe part of what happened in David's house that led up to this text was David's uh, uh, moral failings and his lack of of stability, his lack of moral constitution. And, and so you know what happened. Uh, uh, there, there was stuff going on in his house that he didn't see about. And, 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 and what eventually happens, uh, there's a case of incest that breaks out in the house. You know, the Bible, Bible tells all your business, the good, the good, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, sometimes we act so shocked today. Oh, that's going on in the church, honey. Where you been? You ain't been reading the Bible. It's, been going on all the time. You you know the story. Y'all remember y'all remember Ammon and, and then and then Tamar. Amen. Y'all y'all know about that. Amen. He, he the, the, the Bible says that 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 this young man had a thing for his half sister and amen. And, and 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 what he did, he tried to get her to lie with him in a carnal fashion. And and when she refused his overtures, the Bible says he raped her, and, and, but, but, but what was interesting about it, David did not check him. He just let it go right on. He just overlooked it. And I, I wonder sometimes, I'm not like these scholars who are here tonight, I, I, I often wondered why. Was, why didn't David check him? Was it because he had compromised himself before his son and felt like he had lost his moral authority? to be the daddy in his home. He shouldn't have. He should have stepped to his son. Don't let your children hold your past over your head. I'm going to describe it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what generation y'all come from, but my mama would tell me I'm still the mama. I'm still. Y'all ain't going to have to. Sometimes we let the children trip us out, you know, because there, there is no such thing as perfect parents. Can I get a witness? And sometimes they'll, they'll take your lack of perfection to run wild through your house to your child. I'm going to get in trouble. Can I, can I just say that tonight? You got to learn. You got to learn how to step to them anyhow. But, but, but the David felt, I believe, compromised. And so he didn't check his son. And, and Ammon just did his thing. And, and so what happened? He had another boy whose name was Absalom. And, and Absalom. Y'all know about Absalom. And, and Absalom, praise God, he was the full brother. And, and so when, when David didn't handle it, Absalom said, I'll handle it. And so he ended up killing his brother. Look at what the lack of discipline in a home will do. Look at how a family will fall apart when there's no structure, when there's no discipline. Amen. You got adultery and discipline. And then you have fratricide. Look at how awful it was. It was a mess. Now Ammon had, Absalom had killed his brother. And now the Bible says that David still didn't do anything. David still didn't check Absalom. He should have disciplined Absalom because he had slayed his brother. And now guess what? Absalom becomes emboldened. You know, I don't know why I'm still talking about children. If you, if you don't control your children, they'll take your house over. If you don't control your children. Can I get a witness in here? They, they'll get out of order. And so they were out of order. Can I have about four minutes? I'm getting ready to close. They were, they were out of order. They were running rampant. And Absalom was running buck wild. And after a while, he figured out my dad is weak. He's, he's lost his mojo. Y'all ain't said nothing. He, he, he can't work like he used to work. He can't handle it like he used to handle it. So now uh, he begins to court the men of Israel. The Bible says he sits in the gate and Absalom was happy hair and a beautiful complexion and a fine physique. And he, he sat in the gate of the city and he courted the men of Israel. And he, the words that came out of his mouth, if I were king, if I were king. You know, there are a lot of Absaloms in the church today. Amen. They run up behind the pastor and say, if I was the pastor, they, they run up in the jurisdiction. I don't mean the jurisdiction. They run up behind the bishop and say, if I were the bishop, you know. You got Absalom, you got Absalinas in the kitchen. If I, if I were the head cook, if I were the state mother, amen, the women would run a certain way. You got, you got to watch for the spirit of Absalom. You got to watch for that Jezebel spirit, that, 
that controlling spirit. I want you real quick, see if you got some discernment on you and look to your right, look to your left. You might be sitting next to Absalom or Absalom's sister. Might be sitting next to Jezebel or Jezebel's sister. Want to control things, want to run things, want to be empowered. If I were this, if I were that, have a spirit of criticism, a spirit of negativism, and spirit that's always clamoring after power. God delivered the church from that spirit that lusts for power and control. Deliver us from all the infighting. Deliver us from all the knife fights we have. Deliver us. Send peace in the church. Send peace. I need somebody to wave their hand in the atmosphere and say, God! Your peace, your peace, your peace. Your peace that, that makes sisters treat sisters right. Your peace that makes, makes brothers treat brothers right. Your peace that takes fighting out of the committee meeting. Your peace that helps ushers get along together. Your peace! wonderful peace the bible says the bible talks about a peace that passive all understanding there's a peace that'll make enemies become friends there's a peace there's a peace that will bring all strife to an end there's a peace that will cause conflict to arrest we need jesus to arise in his church like he got up in the boat when they were in the midst of the storm and say peace be still how many ready for the peace of God? Hold your hand up and say, Lord, I'm ready. Ready, ready, ready for your peace. Absalom courts the men. I'm closing now. He courts the men. He courts them. And guess what? They began to bandy together with them. And after a while, Absalom's got an army. After a while, Absalom has officially started a rebellion in Israel. I'm going to run David out of town and that's what he does he runs David out of town everybody has aligned seemingly with Absalom and David <clears throat> praise God is all by himself and the Bible says he's got to run away and Absalom marches down praise God upon the holy city enters into the royal palace it's an ugly story it's an ugly story goes into the palace takes over David's house, takes over David's harem, takes over even David's wives and concubines and goes up on the roof of the palace and lays and sleeps and has sex with David's wives and concubines in the eyes of all of Israel. Look how humiliating that must have been. Look how devastating that must have been. And that's where this psalm arises. That's where this psalm comes into focus. David, thank God, is, is in a bad place now. He's hid out, I imagine, somewhere in a cave. He's, he's crying. He's out in a wilderness place. His, his heart is broken. His spirit is broken. His head is hung down. My son, thank God, has, has disrespected me. He has requited me, amen, for something that that I did not deserve. Can't you hear David talking about his situation, talking about his plight? He picks up a pen and writes this psalm. You know, some of the best psalms and some of the best praises emerge when we're in a difficult place. Some, some of the, those, those real praises, those real praises don't come about on sunshine days. Those real praises come about when hell is breaking loose in your life. Amen. When, 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 when the breakers are dashing and the billows are roaring. That's when those real praises. And David begins to call on God and says, give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Have you ever prayed? And felt like God was hiding. Have you ever prayed and felt like your prayers were bouncing off the ceiling? Have you ever prayed, amen, and couldn't feel that quickening power? Have you ever prayed and your prayer, amen, began to feel empty and, and it looked like it wasn't going anywhere? But David said, I prayed anyhow. And he said, give ear to my prayer. Somebody tell God, give ear to my prayer. Give. Come on, say it like you want him. Give ear to my prayer said I need I'm in a place where I need attention and I, I like his terminology he says attend unto me uh, amen sometime I need God to 
attend to me. I, some, I, I, sometimes I need divine attention. Sometimes we want the attention of the pastor when we need the attention of God. Because there's only some things that God can fix. There, there's only some things that God can heal. He said, attend unto me and hear me. He said, I mourn in my complaint and I make a noise. Have you ever been so troubled that all you could do was get down and groan in the presence of the Lord? Have you ever had a trouble that, that passed your ability to articulate? You couldn't get up to words. You couldn't enunciate the English. All, all you could do was moan in the presence of the Lord. He said, I'm moaning. I'm making a noise because of the voice of the enemy and because of the oppression. Thank God of the wicked. He says, for they cast iniquity upon me. And in wrath, he says, they hate me. And then he said, my heart is sore pain within me. And the terrors of death, thank God, are falling upon me. Look like it won't be long now. Devil's going to have his way. Look like it won't be long now. I'm going to be wiped out. I'm going to be forgotten. He said, he said, fearfulness and trembling are come upon me. Horror have overwhelmed me. And then hear those words. He said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. Say, for then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness. Uh, David was in a bad place. Uh, David was in a bad condition. Uh, I'm closing here right now. David, thank God, was out on the edge, about to fall over, about to lose it all. I need somebody to ask your neighbor as I get ready to close tonight. Uh, say, neighbor, have you ever been in a place uh, where it looked like you were going to lose it all? Uh, have you ever been in a place uh, Go ahead and ask your neighbor where it looked like you were going to fall through the cracks uh, and drift down into the abyss. Uh, somebody shout glory. Uh, David, uh, he said, that's where I am. I'm in a place where I can't get it together. Uh, he said, I'm like that woman. Thank God in that commercial. Uh, I've fallen, uh, but I can't get up. Uh, I wish somebody would help me preach tonight. Uh, and say hey neighbor say what do you do when you're flat on your back and can't get up on your feet say hey neighbor what do you do when it looked like the devil is winning you've done your best you put in the best effort You've given the fight all your strength. And it looked like the devil is going to win anyhow. What do you do? David said, I'm in a place. He said, I'm in, in a place where that novel title describes my life. Things fall apart. Everything that could go wrong, it has gone wrong. I've tried to pull it together, but I can't seem to get it together. I tried to make it better, but I can't seem to make it better. I'm in a place where nothing's working out. I'm in a place where nothing's coming together. He said, I never thought I would be here because I know that I'm called by God. I never thought that I would be here because I know that I'm chosen by God. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I didn't ask for this situation. I didn't ask for this trouble. But nevertheless, here I am. I'm in a place that I shouldn't be with my anointed self. All I had in mind was to go ahead and serve God. All I had in mind was to go ahead and give God my best. But here I am. The roof is falling in on me. The ground is giving out from under my feet. My family has fallen apart. My lost a child. Thank God due to my ignorance. My little baby died. He said my wife experienced horrendous hurt. He said my son raped my daughter. He said and then my other son killed my son. 
place where I need help from God and now it looked like the whole kingdom has walked out on me the people have turned their back on me and everybody's laughing at me what do I do the man that I fought was my friend can I get a witness in here anybody remember a man called Ahithophel he was David's best friend but when David looked up his best friend had walked out on him he said I could have handled it if it had been an enemy that approached me he said then I could have bore it he said I could have dealt with it if he that hated me did magnify himself against me because then I would have known how to go and hide myself he said but it was a man it was my equal it was my friend we went to church together we fellowship together we sang together we prayed together how do you handle it when you're betrayed by your friends when everything is out of order I got to close but would you help me close tonight and reach over and tell your neighbor say neighbor how do you make it when everything's falling apart say how do you make it when life is out of order say how do you make it when the world is on a merry-go-round you try to get a grip and can't get a grip you try to get it together but can't get it together I got to close will you help me close tonight look at your neighbor and say neighbor do when you get in trouble say I don't know what you're gonna do when life reels out of control say I don't know what you're gonna do when life won't get back in order but say as for me oh I wish I was in the right church you might be sitting next to somebody that looked like they want to give up you might be sitting next to a neighbor that looked like they're ready to throw in the towel look at your neighbor and say neighbor it might be you that's ready to give up it might be you that's ready to walk away say but as for me y'all got to help me as for me y'all get your preacher voice and say yes for me i'm not gonna quit i'm gonna call on the name of the lord if you call on jesus he will answer prayer i just come to tell wisconsin first jurisdiction this is not the time to throw in the towel this is not the time to back up on God. It's praying time. It's praying time. If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. He said, I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive your sin. I'll heal the land. When you get the word out for me, tell your neighbor if you hold on God has sent healing if you hold on help is on the way if you hold on hold on hold on hold on we've been made endure for a night but joy coming in the morning Help is on the way. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. Somebody say yes. Somebody say yes. 
Somebody say yes. I got to close tonight. But would you help me close? Would you find somebody that you can touch on the shoulder? If they're comfortable with it, touch them on the shoulder and say, hey, neighbor, I don't know about you, but it's too late for me to turn around. It's too late for me to give up on God. It's too late for me to walk away from the church. It's too late for me to come off the wall and leave my assignment. Tell your neighbor, I promise God, I promise God, I made a vow. I promise God that I would hold out, hold out in the rain, hold out in the storm, hold out in the wind, hold out. Thank you for listening to L.W. Gates Ministries. If you were blessed by this message, help us share the good news of Jesus Christ with people all over the world by sowing a gift in any amount to this ministry. Visit lwgatesministries.org to give your gift today. Thank you again for listening to L.W. Gates Ministries.